What awakened me, I asked in my dream. You awaken yourself, answered a voice nearby, and it turned about, but no one was near. Who are you, I asked. I am that something, came the reply. But where are you? I am hidden in your soul. For some moments I thought over what was said, and then I stammered, how, how did you get there? I was born there. Why have I not known you were there before? No one knows it, answered the voice, until he awakes. Are you in other men's souls as well? There is that something in every man's soul, which can move the mountains or dry the seas. Then you must be faith. Yes, came the answer, I am faith, but I am more, I am that which makes men face the fires of hell and win. Then you must be confidence as well. Yes, I am more than confidence. I am that which makes the babbling brooks lift worlds upon their wavelets. You are power, I cried. Yes, I am more than power, answered the voice. I am that which makes the wretched failure lift himself up and rule the world. You are ambition, I know you now. Yes, I am all that you say, faith, confidence, power, ambition, and more. For greater than all of this is that something. I am that which every man must find in his soul, or else he would be but a clutter of the earth on which he lives. But how can man find you? How? Even as you're finding me now, you must first awaken, then seek, and then once you have found, you must learn to control. Control what, I ask, confused. That something. Borrow it from your soul and baptize your life with it. Anoint your eyes that you may see. Anoint your ears that you may hear. Anoint your heart that you may be. But tell me, I cried frantically, for the voice was trailing off to almost nothing. How can I do this? How? How? This is the secret, came to the voice to me as the whisper of a gentle breeze. These words, I will. B.J. Palmer, Bigness of Fell Within, <clears throat> 1949. So yesterday afternoon, we're adjusting and adjusting and adjusting, <clears throat> and um, this one family comes in. I've been adjusting them for years. Uh, the girl, little girl is about five, um, and uh, I adjusted her when her mom was pregnant with her. That's how I met this family, uh, and the mom was having debilitating back pain that back pain that nobody could help during her pregnancy. Uh, and we were the ones who were able to get her through their pregnancy and have a normal vaginal you know, delivery. So, um, so I know this girl, right? This girl, like one thing that, that's very interesting is, is that you connect, I think the voice of the chiropractor um, as a steadying influence is a very influential voice on a growing fetus because a lot of times I find I have a really amazing bond with the kids who I adjusted their moms during pregnancy. Right? These kids just love you in a way that is unfathomable. Right? It's not the same as when you help a kid that you just met. It's, sort of, it's a different level. Anyway, so <clears throat> she, this girl is usually very shy, very little, shy little girl. Um, doesn't say much. Uh, the last few weeks, she's been talking a little bit more, but generally speaking, she's super shy. So I don't know what happened yesterday, but... I was sitting there typing my notes after the last uh, patient I adjusted. Bless you. Um, typing my notes away. And she walks in the door, and she looks at me, and she says, like, she goes like this. I'm like, hey. And then she sprints to me and goes like this and jumps and into my arms and nuzzles her little head on my shoulder and says, I love you, Dr. Rubin. Right? What else could I ask for in life? Plumbers don't have that experience, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, 
this is a very unique chiropractic experience, right? That, that, that patients love you in a way that is amazing and you can't even describe it, right? And we have seen this little girl through a lot of things um, in her short five years. Um, and then the cutest thing is right after that, her little brother, who is two, <clears throat> of course has to copy everything that sister does. But he doesn't do it with the same enthusiasm, but it's just quite funny to watch him clawed up to me. And he looks at me like this and he goes, <laughs> okay, you want a big hug too, so then I picked him up. But it was, it's, it was just a neat feeling, right? And looking at this, what BJ Palmer is just talking about is, is what are the thing, what is the words, right? What are the words that make you stand out? It's I will, right? And what, are the, what is the thing that makes you stand out is offering this, right? Offering that something. When you are adjusting someone, they should feel that something come through you. <clears throat> when you are adjusting someone, there's a lot more than just your hands going on their neck or their back or wherever it is that they are, right? There is an energy, right? There's an energy. So I put my hands on G and there's an energy. It's not just, it's not just my hand on him, right? It's, it's going way past that, right? And you have to imagine that and come into, into grips with understanding that your innate intelligence Right? And their innate intelligence is having this dynamic force happening at once during the adjustment. Whether you're doing a thrusting adjustment, a Gonstead adjustment, or an activator, I don't care. I use a lot of activator, and that force goes through there, or I'm using your fingertips to sustain contact, or whatever adjustment you're using, <clears throat> network, whatever it is, there is a transfer of energy, there is a transfer of force that goes from you into them, right? And that comes from you being centered, right? If you are centered, then you are delivering that something. If you're thinking about OSCEs next week, or you're thinking about boards coming up, or you're thinking about the fight you just had with your significant other, or you're thinking about Yoakum and Row or something, or your stocks, or the Braves game that's tonight, or something like that. If you're thinking about that as you're adjusting them, then that's, it's like an energy block, right? You're now blocking that beautiful gift, right? The gift isn't the thrust, right? That's a beautiful thing, but that's a mechanical thing, right? There's something way more to your adjustment, right? And that's why there are certain chiropractors who are able to achieve certain things and they could help certain kinds of people because there's something more coming through their hands. And you've got to learn to tap into that, right? Somehow, whatever way you have to learn, my recommendation is two things, breathing and meditation. <clears throat> I have been meditating. My wife and I took transcendental meditation when nobody knew what on earth it was and everybody thought we were totally weird. We took it back in the early 90s, right? And we started med meditating with transcendental meditation. We do other forms of meditation now, but meditation, what are you doing to quiet your mind? Right? I like calling meditation mental floss. You know how you floss your teeth, you get this gunk out, and it looks like your teeth are totally clean, you know, you brush them, but then you floss like, oh my God, there's stuff in between there, right? It's the same thing. What are you doing every day to mentally floss? Right? If you're not doing something like meditation every day, or prayer, or something that's connecting you to the higher source, then you're missing out. You're really missing out. And I suggest you start doing this now. And you don't have to meditate for an hour. 
Like transcendental meditation, the one thing I have with it is that they want you to meditate for this huge period of time. I don't have that kind of time, right? But what do I do every morning? I come to the office. <clears throat> My office hours start at 9 o'clock. When am I in the office? 7.30. 7.30, when nobody else is there. It's just me and my office. And I walk in that office, and the first thing I do is a prayer. I walk in that office, I touch the door. On the door, I'm of Jewish faith, so we have the mezuzah. I touch the door, and I say, God, grant me a beautiful day today. Right? It's just me putting that, and I say a little prayer as I walk in, because I walk into the open adjusting area, and I pray that amazing things can happen. And what amazing things am I going to see today? Right? And then I sit down and I meditate. And I get myself in contact to make sure that I can deliver that something, right? I want to make sure that I got that from my patients that day, right? And then I write down my goals. I've, I've been writing down goals in, a, in notebooks for years and years and years. I write down my top 10 goals, top 10 goals. They're basically the same thing. I'll change a little bit, the same thing over and over. But the key thing, the key piece of this is the meditation. Get me centered. How am I finding that something? Right? <clears throat> That's the key thing. And the next thing is, is breathing. So when I'm meditating, I'm doing, some, my, doing a breathing exercise. And this happened yesterday with another patient. She was saying she's exercising. Every time she's exercising, she's getting really like super out of breath way before she's being tired. And the trainer's like, oh, maybe you're you know, having exercise-induced asthma or something. I'm like, well, for somebody who's never had asthma before, I, I don't think that's what this is. So I said, let's see how you're breathing. And I'm going to practice this with all you guys. So everybody put your hands on your belly like this. Put your hands on your belly and take a deep breath. Where does your belly go? If it goes out, then you're breathing normally. If it doesn't go out or, or goes in or nothing happens, then you are paradoxically breathing. Right? So when she did this, I can't repeat it, but when she did this, nothing happened. Her belly did not move. So she went, what was the problem with her? She's breathing all up over here in the top part of her lungs. So I said, so you need to train yourself. And we started working just for a minute, and all of a sudden you could see her belly started coming out, and she's like, oh, I haven't taken a deep breath like this in so long. That feels really good. That's what the problem is, right? So if you are not practicing, if you don't have that down, I suggest you start training yourself. So I told her a couple times a day, sit there, do like five or ten breaths, you know, and make sure when you are breathing in, your belly goes out, and when you're breathing out, your belly goes in. And you have to train yourself. And she's going to have to start up over here, holding herself by her sternum to make sure that, that she can get full extension. And then just slowly work your way down until you get fully belly breathing. Right? So between meditation and belly breathing, those are the two tricks to connect you. And why is that important? Because during the chaos of your day, something is going to distract you. Probably multiple times. Do you have an anchor to go back to? Do you have an anchor to go back to? My anchor comes from my meditation and breathing. So if crazy stuff is going on, then all I do is go, and I am back. One breath, and I am back. Because I've been doing this for 20-something years, right? So that's an anchor, right? How do I get back to that something? Is I take a breath, I close my eyes, I imagine that meditation that I'm doing, and in less than a second or two, I'm able to say, okay, here I am. I'm back here, right? How are you preparing for your day? How are you preparing for your patients, right? 
When you go into student clinic or outpatient clinic, are you like sprinting there a minute before you're supposed to be there and like flying through stuff and get, getting the stuff on? And, or are you like prepared? You've been there for 10, 15 minutes and you are prepared, right? And your patients, I'm telling you, and I'm telling you that I'm telling you, your patients know that. They can sense it, they can feel it. They know when you're there and they know when you're not, right? <clears throat> just, just being physically present doesn't mean you're there, right? So what are you doing to prepare yourself? How are you, how are you, tap <coughs> how are you tapping into that something, right? I'm going to suggest meditation and prayer. There's many, many, many other things to do this. There's, yoga could be a great way to do this. I had another patient of mine tell me how yoga is her preparation right, for the day and stuff. So there's a lot of you know, prayer. There's so many different things you can do. But it, does, so it doesn't matter right, what you do. <clears throat> what matters is that you do it, right? that you do it. And commit to it now. Right? I didn't start this until I was several years into practice. Right? I wish someone had told me this when I was in school that I need to prepare myself, right? If you're an accountant and you're sitting there with numbers all day long, you don't really need, I mean, you, could, you should prepare yourself, but you don't have to, because you're not transferring anything. Well, you are, but it's not the same, right? Not to dis accountants who do great things during this week for tax uh, things. But, but you understand what I'm saying? This is, chiropractic is a very touchy-feely kind of a thing. And before you lay your hands on someone, you should make sure that the energy coming from your brain, through your heart, through your hands, Right, head, heart, hands, those three H's. Before all that is, is touching someone, would you want to be touched by you thinking what you're thinking? Would you want to be adjusted by you with that in your head? Right? So you've got to remove all that kind of stuff. Right? That, and that's, that's your opportunity to practice that now while you're in student clinic and outpatient clinic. 